I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport. With in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Being the mystery intro man is a little bit more my style. Oh, mystery intro man. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Inside Try Show, powered by 33fuel.com, powerful, tasty and natural sports nutrition. I am Helen Murray. Thank you very much for listening. And I want to kick off this week by saying a massive thank you to my new training buddy, Jess Rushton. Yep, Jess has signed up to be a Patreon, to be a training buddy, so she'll be getting two extra shows a year and she'll be able to submit questions to guests as well. You can check out how you can get involved at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. Coming up. Yeah, I couldn't tumble to and I was in loads of pain when I got out of the pool, so I thought, right, if we're going to have another baby, let's just do it now, because I'm not doing triathlon at the moment, so <laughs> poor, poor Max. <laughs> Triathlon's not going well, let's have a baby. But honestly, we, we did want another child, so it seemed like a good time. Um, and yeah, so we had Max. And then I wasn't really intending to do anything, and I started mainly riding on Zwift just to get fit. And I was like, you know, I've actually got really fit really quick. And once you start feeling that fitness come back, and the, it was the motivation was coming back. And I'm 35, and I thought, if, you know, I, if I don't try now, I could get a few years down the line. It's going to be too late to try if I'm out of it for even longer. So it was kind of, you know, just do it and see what happens. I'm really chuffed that this week you are going to hear from an absolute legend, I think, of British triathlon, Helen Jenkins, as she prepares to race again for the first time in a number of years. You won't have seen her around on the circuit for a while because she's been having back surgery, but not only that, she has had two children as well. And... It was just amazing to catch up with her. So that's a really cool interview coming up. Um, meanwhile, this week, oh my goodness, I've had the most amazing day in um, in Nottingham last week, actually. I went and spent a day shadowing, oh, not necessarily shadowing, because that would suggest that I want to go and be a doctor, and I really I don't want to go and be a doctor, but I spent the day with Lucy Gossage um looking at what she does I guess in clinics um, as part of my work with Move Charity as a cancer and exercise rehab specialist and it was amazing to see the other side of it so what's it actually like for patients who are going through cancer treatment and it was just it was totally life affirming um, It was, and it was amazing to see Lucy in a completely different setting I only know her I've only ever really seen her in Lycra and then suddenly seeing her as a doctor it was just incredible I think if I was sick I would want Dr Gossage to be looking after me as well I also spent probably about an hour chatting to a mum of two and I sat with her while she was having chemotherapy um 
I've never done that before. I, I've never been that close to someone. Um, but again, the way that she was dealing with it, with it was pretty awe-inspiring. And she'd just say, yeah, but I'm just getting on with it. It's, it's what you do. You just have to get on with it. Anyway, we were talking a little bit about triathlon. And she was saying, oh, are you into it as well? And I said, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I like a bit of triathlon. Oh, what are you going to be doing this year? And I said, oh, well, I've signed up for this half, um, but I'm really tempted to do the full. And then she was like, well, clearly go and do the full. Like, why not go and do the full? So that evening when I got home from Nottingham, I did actually do the deed. So I have entered finally <laughs> Lakesman full. So it's going to be honestly that marathon I am just going to be thinking of her and that's really gonna I think help me throughout all the training and actually on the day itself and another friend had said to me how are you going to feel Helen if you get to the end and there's a bit of you that wants to do the full but you've only done the half surely you're going to think oh, I wish I'd done the full so yeah there we go I have done the deed and I have entered the full Lakesman full so here we go. Thankfully, training has already started, I guess, so it should be fine to just um, crack on. Uh, training, yeah, training. Wow, well, I've been spat out the back at swim training a couple of times. Um, I've just moved up a lane and I'm at that horrible in-between stage whereby you're kind of too quick for one lane, but you can't quite keep up with the lane above. Like, can't quite, really can't. So that's going to be a big work in progress, but I guess you have to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations, don't you, to um, improve. So hopefully that will help over the next few months. I did a trail running race on Sunday um, and I think all was going fine until about, it was five miles and uh, freezing cold. All was probably fine until about mile four and then, uh, yeah, mile, I don't know, four and three quarters, four and two thirds. I got overtaken by about three people up the final hill. I was like, oh no. So yeah, work to do on the running as well. I've also had an, an email from Erica at 33fuel.com saying that they really enjoyed the podcast. So that's a good thing. But more importantly for them, they have just won an award. So their ultimate daily greens has been awarded the best health product of 2019 by Runners World magazine in their annual gear awards. And these awards, sometimes if you see product reviews and things like that, then they're actually uh, like they're sort of paid for and things like that. But these ones are not paid advertising. So they are a genuine test of all of the best products in running at the moment. So if you do want to go and check out and see what it's all about, then go and order some ultimate daily greens at 33fuel.com. Use the code InsideTry33 and you will get a discount at checkout. Time for this week's interview. Helen Jenkins, 2008-2011 ITU World Champion. She's also a three-time Olympian. She went to Beijing in 2008, then she competed at London 2012 and then did Rio as well. So three Olympic cycles since Rio it's been pretty quiet, I guess, for us in the triathlon world. We're thinking, oh, where's Helen? That's because she has been going through a hell of a lot. She's had two children, which is just amazing. So two young kids, but then she's also had surgery on her back 
and that was a massive, massive decision for a professional sports person to undergo the knife on your back. That is not an easy decision to make, but it had got to the point whereby she would go for a run and then she wouldn't be able to walk the following day or she couldn't pick up her daughter without being in pain. And as Helen mentioned in the interview, it was almost like then, you know, she had no choice if she wanted to be able to continue to lead an active lifestyle. So I don't think she really intended to come back into triathlon after that back surgery, but actually so far so good and it's pretty amazing. She's going to be hopefully lining up at Ironman 70.3 Dubai in February. So it'll be her first middle distance race. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed speaking to Helen. How on earth do you feel about actually going to be racing again in just a couple of weeks time? Oh, it is crazy. <laughs> After so long off, I'm I'm excited and nervous. Like it's um it's about 3 weeks when we're talking now till uh, Dubai 70.3. So the fact that it's a different distance to what I've ever done. I've never done a half Ironman before and I haven't raced since September 2016. <laughs> so it's a really long time. It's um yeah, excited and nervous in equal measure, I would say. What are you most excited about? I think excited just to be back actually on a start line and, and be fit enough to go and do a race, not be injured. I mean, it's, it's expectations, isn't it? And I, I'm not expect, you know, I, I know I'm nowhere near the levels I was when I was, you know, qualifying for an Olympics or, you know, winning a World Series. I'm just, I'm just not there. I've not had enough training time. But the fact that I've managed to train, I mean, Max, our second baby, he's, he's going to be eight months old in a week so um I've been training since he was a month old so yeah in seven months I'm like well I'm really happy with what I've got to and I had to commit to a goal I had to do something I was just training I wasn't really I was doing the bits and pieces but without a goal if you know the kids were a rough night and I'm tired I'm like oh you know I won't I won't go swim this morning but with a goal you're like no I've got to go swim I've got to go do this so it's, it's really focused me so I'm excited just to get out, back out there and kind of, I've got to do it. I've got to get over the first hurdle and do a race. <laughs> and what are you most nervous about? Um, I think I just don't know what to expect. One with the distance, you know, I've never, I've never gone that far before in a race. And I, d I don't really know where my fitness is. I know it's improved a lot since I started training. So I, I didn't really train through um, my pregnancy with Max. So I was, um, started I started bleeding at 16 weeks so and nothing was wrong but obviously at that point you don't know that and you really freak out and it did, did really scare me I was like I'm just not I'm just not going to push hard in this pregnant not that I push extremely hard training with Mally but um I'm just going to exercise and I literally did half an hour a day and it wasn't even every day so I was really really unfit so I think it's uh it's just been a really sort of slow build so I think that's what makes me nervous. I just don't know where I am in terms of fitness. Normally I know, but I've got no clue. Being an elite athlete, do you care about where you finish up? Um, I would. It's normally yes. I I think I would care. I want to. Um, you know, you want a certain. I I think. 
say you went to a World Series and you're really fit and you came 30th, you'd be very disappointed. You went to a World Series and you were aiming to win, but you came third but had a great performance. I think, yeah, you'd be re- you'd still be relatively happy. But I think with with this first race and just that new distance, if I just finish it after the last sort of few years of two pregnancies and back surgery, I will be generally quite happy that I've just finished it. I think things change then. If you if I enjoy it and I decide I want to stick at the distance, you know, fast forward a few months, I wouldn't be happy with just kind of getting through it and finishing it. But this first one to come back from where I've been, I think would be would be an achievement just to finish it. Did you actually really think you'd ever get on the start line again? No, not really. Um, as a, like after after Rio Olympics and I got pregnant with Mally and the attention was to get back as soon as I had her and I was back training and I was really struggling with my back, like really struggling and having like several episodes where it would almost sort of like go, go you know, I did a, like not even a long run, an hour run one day and the next day I couldn't, I couldn't walk for a week. It was really, it was horrible. So I had the back surgery and they were like, well, you know, you're probably not going to race again after this but at that point it was like well I've got to have the surgery done it I, I think the key thing I asked the surgeon was will I need this surgery at some point if I want to live like a happy healthy active life you know with my kids if I want to go surfing with them in five years time if I want to go bike riding he's like no you're going to need this surgery so I was like right let's just do it now and after the surgery I thought well I'll try and get back and see what happens and it wasn't great I was really struggling with my um, swimming, actually swimming, I really, you know, I couldn't tumble to, and I was in loads of pain when I got out of the pool. So I thought, right, if we're going to have another baby, let's just do it now because I'm not doing triathlon at the moment. So <laughs> poor, poor Max, triathlon's <laughs> not going well. Let's have a baby. But honestly, we we did want another child, so it seemed like a good time. Um, and yeah, so we had Max, and then actually since then, and all the pregnancy, I think. In my head, I was thinking it's probably my back's probably not going to be good enough to do this again. And then, obviously, I had the bleeding, and then all thoughts, you know, triathlon goes out the window. You just want a healthy pregnancy, and you want the baby to be fine. And luckily, Max was. And then I wasn't really intending to do anything, and I started mainly riding on Zwift just to get fit. And I was like, you know, I've actually got really fit really quick, and I think um, I was like, Ooh, I wonder if I can get fit. And I think. Once, once you start feeling that fitness come back, and the, it was the motivation was coming back. And I'm 35, and I thought if, you know, I, if I don't try now, I could get a few years down the line. It's going to be too late to try if I'm out of it for even longer. So it was kind of, you know, just do it and see what happens. And that's where I was. I was like, well, I, so I didn't think of the whole, especially for the last sort of years. Like, oh, I don't think I'll be coming back, and you know, my back's not been good, and I'm just so unfit. But yeah here I am <laughs> so yeah turned around pretty quick in your head had you almost prepared a bit of a retirement statement no not really um I don't know if I'd have a proud retirement statement anyway I'm just not that kind of I just would have <laughs> disappeared I think <laughs> just just no one would have no one in a triathlon circle would have heard from me again um so yeah I just I just didn't wasn't sure if I'd get back to it. I mean, I, was, I enjoyed watching, especially like the World Series when I was um, when I was pregnant, and and then I was watching, you know, because the British girls have been doing so well, and it's been really kind of it's really inspiring. But because I know them as well, like I'm just so happy that you know they're kind of achieving what they are. But there was never any like, well, I, I do, I you know, I would like to get back to that, but I'm not maybe there yet. But 
um, it kind of, I was definitely sort of still in it, still thinking about it. I still wanted to watch it. So I suppose it was definitely kind of there. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Is it crazy to think that this time, let's say eight years ago, it would have just all been about London? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, and London's, London's hard for me because it was, as I was one of the favourites going in and then had that um, had such a bad injury before the games that I just didn't perform as I as I could have done. But London again was like the most incredible race because of the support and you know, I'm actually really proud of what I did. I got out such a good performance off, you know, barely any training, a lot of mental strength really. So it's it's probably one of the best performance of I, performances I've had. But yeah, it is it's just life is so different now. It's uh with yeah, with two kids, I don't even have time to think really about any of that stuff. It's just it's literally like train kids, um, you know, wash, cook, eat, train kids, and repeat. Does, is there bits of you that think, how on earth does Nicola Spirig do it? Yeah, I know with three, and she came back so quick. And I speak, you know, I message Nicola occasionally because I've known Nicola since we were juniors and um yeah she was because she knew she wanted to go to tokyo she actually had to train pretty well through her third pregnancy so she was um harder than she had done with her other two so yeah she she just does amazing yeah it's brilliant (laughs) it's an inspiration as well for a lot of other a lot of other um mothers at the same time though you think oh god why can't i do that as well you know some because it's i think there's a lot of pressure when you're when you're pregnant and they always want you to keep active when, when you're pregnant so you see people doing what she's doing you think god well, she can do it why can't I but then I know from even my first and second every pregnancy is so different and you just have to listen to your body like there's no way I could have done a high level of training for my second pregnancy for the risks and just the the general tiredness so it's it is listening to yourself and your body and I've been really careful sort of building my fitness back up as well I mean there's still things I could do better I'm not doing everything perfectly um but it's yeah really kind of any any pregnant athletes out there or people coming back after pregnancy it's it's really just listening to yourself and not comparing yourself to anyone else i think the stories are inspiring but use it as inspiration not comparison and what and what other advice would you have for for new mums or people who are about to be new mums in that sense Oh, I th- think listening to your body is the biggest one and just knowing that it's so different for everyone. And and um, I'd say definitely after, pre- I saw a, a physio, a post-pregnancy physio who specialises in that. So that was really, that was really ha- helpful for me, sort of exercises to kind of re-engage the core and all the pelvic floor stuff, which is, it's not, um, it's probably not as discussed as much as it should be and it's that really helped me but again it's fitting it in and I still don't have time to fit in all the things I should be doing to keep everything strong so it's, it's doing what you can and if you do get that window and I'd say like sometimes I just don't feel like going and training like it's, I swim sometimes eight till nine at night and after like a busy day of training and doing stuff then you with with kids you get to that point you're just like oh my god I just don't want to go out the house again but you know I, I do and you feel so much better so it is really trying to take the opportunity when you can because I know anyone with young children it doesn't always come around that much it's hard it's it's tough to fit it in and I guess that's when having a goal helps you drag yourself out the house and go and do that swim at like eight o'clock at night yeah it definitely does it really does and it's helped so much um I think 
like committing to something, committing to a goal. And it's, it's still so early in the season, February. I don't know the last time I raced so early. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, again, like I have I had my time off. I've had a long time off. So it's not like I needed a winter break or anything. <laughs> How hard, Helen, was it for you after your back surgery not having a goal? Um, it was tough. I'm very, I'm really goal motivated and, I don't, um, you know, I, you know I, li- I like to train anyway because I just like to exercise. But it's definitely a lot easier for me when I've when I've got something to motivate me and keep me sort of pushing forward. But yeah, we literally haven't been able to put the goal together because we just don't don't really know. But we didn't really know how things were going to go. Um, so yeah, so I, thought, I mean, it's always good to have one. I would always recommend that to any athlete when they're when they're trying to train is have something to gain for because it's just gets you out the door I think when you when you don't feel like it you said there about not really knowing how it would go I mean how is your you, I could say two kids aside but I mean how how does your training differ now would you say compared to maybe eight years ago when you were preparing for the Olympics like are you doing a lot less now because your body perhaps just can't cope with that volume um, I, I've never been a particularly high volume athlete anyway you know that you see and most people go in hours how many hours of training a week and mostly I would do between 23 and 25 hours a week it's, so it's never been huge compared to you know a lot of people do you know up to 30 um, my body's just I think with with my back problems probably I haven't been able to take that much volume um, so I'm did my last my last week was probably my best week of training I've done that was 25 hours and that was a really good week of training um but I've been about 20 hours and just consistently doing between 18 and 20 over the last few months so although it's not been like extremely high volume for me the big thing has been consistency so it's it's got me back to like a decent level of fitness and I know to kind of push on to the next level to be ready to race and even race you know not just race the top people, just to be actually ready to race. I do need to push that on a little bit more. So I've got, you know, another few weeks to kind of get another sort of 25 hour week in and get the hard sessions, but it is different. I mean, I, I breastfed Max till he was five months old. So, you know, you're on broken sleep for a good five months there. Um, it's still now, but you know, obviously not, not as much then. So we have to be pretty mindful of that as it's like, you can't, you can't do as much as you were doing if you're not getting the sleep and the recovery in. So, it's been we've probably been the most sensible I've been the most sensible I've ever been in my life because <laughs> normally you just want to do too much or uh, most athletes have that problem I think it's the key is doing less than you want to do most of the time would it be Mark that would actually have to say uh Helen no <laughs> <laughs> yeah most of the time it is Mark and I think this he's been um you know we still haven't well we we we're debating the other day, it's like we've actually got to book these flights soon because we know it's like he's just waiting for me to get injured last minute. It's like, yeah, just wait another week and, and then we'll book them, okay? <laughs> but no, I thought everything's been going like, like touch wood, everything's been going really well. So, yeah, there's just, just trying to kind of look after my body and keep it in one piece. And again, just try and keep that consistency because I think if I'm looking to race the rest of the season, I can keep doing. 20 hours a week that's brilliant like those that many weeks of that many months of 20 hours a week is a lot better than two months of 25 hours so it's really just keeping that in mind 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. How's the uh, athlete-coach relationship evolved, Helen, with you and Mark, who is obviously your husband as well? um it's it's always been you know we've we've always it's always worked really well for us and i think you know a lot of people kind of um like oh, how does that work do you know but because you know i'm very motivated i don't need someone to motivate me um he's he'll reset the program and it'll always be a bit less than i want to do but that always works really well because otherwise if i was less motivated, device i'd do too much and we found things changed a lot after london because we were so emotionally invested in london and you know it becomes your whole life and I think after that we're like this is not healthy because it was so we had to kind of change things after that and uh, at that point um Ben Bright who's the head coach of British Triathlon was involved a lot in what we were doing as well just having the extra person in there and Ben's so knowledgeable um really helped and then obviously now not in you know the last few years I haven't been in um haven't been racing ITU stuff or been involved so it's just been me and Mark again, but we've learned so much from that time. It's really sort of just keeping things consistent. And yeah, I trust him. You know, I think he knows what he's doing. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and he trusts that he trusts that I'm going to, you know, if, if he writes down something down, I'm going to do it. If it says easy, I'll go easy. If it says hard, I'll go hard. You know, I've got, I have that motivation. So you need trust there on both sides. You need to You've got to trust your coach that they know what they're doing. I think otherwise it doesn't work. Yes. And trust is an important part of every marriage too. So that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and as you know, we, I think the biggest thing that's changed is we used to do so much training together and we just don't anymore because one of us has the kids while the other one trains. Or, you know, we do have a lot of help. We, um, we have, um, you know, grandparents that live close, but, you know, we don't, we don't leave them with the grandparents all day. We might get a bit of time here and there. So we do get the occasional session together. But yeah, it's, it's, so that's been the biggest sort of change that we just don't have the time to, if we do get the time to train together now, it's it's kind of a novelty. And does that mean you're doing a lot more training on your own? Yeah, I mean, I've always mainly run on my own. Um, and swimming is your swimming club when we're at home. Um, although in Lanzarote, I've been swimming on my own mostly um and then cycling is the biggest thing but i've been i mean i've been on zwift most of the time i think because the weather has been pretty horrible um over the last over the last few months forever. hasn't it and <laughs> yeah forever and i think it's so time efficient with kids like you know in the winter to get you know getting dressed ready to go out riding can take a fair amount of time getting everything sorted on your bike and 
you know, with the, when it's on Swift, you literally I can be on there in five minutes, get my two hours done, which is probably a lot more productive than two hours on the road. And then I'm off and I'm back into kind of, then it's my, you know, it's Mark's turn to go and train. So it's, um, it's definitely, that has helped a lot. I think get more, well, get me back to fitness and, and it just makes more sense to be a bit more time efficient. <laughs> would, um, would you still be happy getting on the turbo if you didn't have something like Zwift to take your mind off it? Do you, do you mind that? Um, I've never minded it. I've had to do a lot of turbo sessions just because of my back. It used to get really, um, if it was windy, if it was a lot of wind, I'd have really bad back problems after. I mean, I don't get that anymore. Now I've had the surgery, which is good. But um, I mean, Zwift makes life easier. Yeah, a lot easier. Like if you've done a lot of the few the long sportifs on there, you know, you do the they do every Saturday a hundred k or there's a hundred and sixty k, and you've got company for that long. I mean, where would you, you know, where do you get that <laughs> anywhere else? Um, you could just join join company for a hundred and sixty k where it's not raining. I know it's some it's some people's idea of hell. I can I can understand that and. I have friends who are like, no way, I couldn't do that. And they'll go out whatever the weather. But you know, cycling has never been my favourite discipline. So anything to keep me out of the bad weather. Hasn't it? I don't mind. No, that's like, I love swimming and running. Cycling's never been my favourite, which is crazy. I'm doing something longer distance. But I mean, I love going hard on the bike. I love doing hard sessions. But the long, easy miles. And, no, it's lovely when it's lovely weather and it's sunny. But that, you know at home in when it's cold and wet i hate it i'd rather be at home <laughs> a, a woman after my own heart <laughs> i know i know you, you don't get many people who say that as well it's like, oh, i love you know i love going out and the, 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 i don't want to get i get really cold i've got really poor circulation it's got um worse as i've got older yeah i've got Raynard. so yeah, i think yeah, I'm with when you. the news <laughs> When the nerves get damaged, apparently, they, they don't really improve. So it is going to get worse as you get a bit older. So it's like, I, I don't want to come back with white feet and white toes and white fingers. And yeah, so it's a lot nicer being in Lanzarote and in, yeah, being out in the sun. Definitely makes life a lot easier on the bike. Helen, I'm telling you, there's music to my ears. You, you've just said exactly <laughs> what... <laughs> um, yeah, I'm exactly in the same boat. I... If the, if the sun's shining, absolutely love cycling um, and, you know, glorious scenery, whatever. In the middle of UK winter, I really find it miserable because I get so cold. So, yeah, I completely, completely share that. So um, moving on to the 70.3 distance, what appealed about stepping up to half Ironman? There's a few things. Um, I think one of the first is that the it's definitely a bit more relaxed than the ITU, the ITU scene. If you think the ITU stuff, if you're involved in kind of aiming for an Olympics or the Commonwealth, you're on that four-year cycle, you're stuck to that schedule and it it can become very pressured. And I've done, you know, three cycles of that now. It was, um, I think I just needed a bit of a change, um, kind of something away from it. And I like the fact that 70.3, you are, you know, if I kind of pull out of, Dubai or get injured next week it doesn't really affect anyone there's no pressure on me there's no it doesn't matter whereas in ITU if you, you know you're pulling out then there's start lists there's wait lists there's there's different people that might have been subbed in subbed out so there's there's a lot more to it so I think it was that was definitely one of the biggest things um, and I think the change is good I mean just I was excited to try something different and I'm not saying I wouldn't go back to an ITU race because I love that style of racing you know I think 
I think that's probably where you know most of the you know so many strong athletes in that discipline and I would love but my I'm not I don't think I'm quite ready yet um but if there was an opportunity to race I would I would definitely race it but with the women's being so strong I don't think there would be but I think I was excited to try something different I think was the biggest thing that pulled me towards it and does funding come into it as well Helen because obviously you were a funded athlete with British Triathlon I was on the program yeah so but I think if I wanted to I've just come off um and I was so they've you know they've been fantastic and supported me through pregnancy and injury which is you know you know they don't have to do that not all sports do so that they've been brilliant to me and I really appreciate the the kind of the support and the the faith in me really um it was wasn't just about the funding I think I think mainly it's about the change and I think if I if I'm doing some IT some 70.3 this year I don't enjoy it I think then I'll definitely move more back towards the ITU I'd love to combine both but um pre-olympics there's no chance of getting starts in in the, the big races everyone's um yeah, the women are too strong and um, yeah, everyone's focused on kind of Tokyo and what they need to do to get there. How have you seen the ITU change over your career, would you say? It just goes through different cycles. We've been through cycles, you know, it's, it's all been about the run. Um, been cycles, but you know, when I first started, it was all about the swim. If you couldn't make that swim pack with, you know, no one know who I'm talking about now, but Sheila Tormina and um Barb Lindquist and the Aussies, Loretta Harrop, then you 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 know, you were out. You you weren't anywhere. You were never gonna finish anywhere. Then we went through kind of the stage where you had like Emma Snowsill, Vanessa Fernandez, who were kind of the faster runners. Then we've gone through, you know, to Gwen where she was, you know, solid solid swim biker and then, you know, had that run. And then we're back at the moment to that strong swim bike, you know, Flora Duffy, Jess Learmont. So it just changes it always seems to kind of go in sort of cycles so it's yeah you just have to kind of get it right for that cycle and I've always trained quite evenly over all three disciplines to try and make sure that I could be ready for you know any scenario or what the next change is I suppose in in the series and did you have a preferred one if that makes sense um I always you know I'd always rather be a hard swim bike run yeah I, I love that I think it's and you get the you know, the, and some courses allow it. I think, like we saw in Lausanne in the series final last year, that you know the course, the bike course was really tough as well, and it really, it really kind of, you know, the three women we had left at the end, Katie Tavira, as Jess Liam, and Georgia Taylor Brown, had been the three best athletes all year. I think that shows they were the best triathletes that year. So, I think that's really um, those kind of those kind of races are the best races. Will you be excited to watch? the Tokyo Olympics but will there be a big bit of you that feels sad not to be there as well oh yeah excited to watch and see what's going to happen um it's hard to predict with the more the conditions than the athletes the humidity and the heat that's that's going to bring things a sensible athlete will then <laughs> not somebody's going to go go crazy and uh yeah kind of burn themselves up in the the heat and humidity in the first 10k of the bike um yeah, I, think, I don't know. It might be sad because I, I don't, you know, I haven't been involved in this cycle. I haven't been there. I would be if I'd missed out, you know, if I'd kind of aimed for it and missed out. But I think I'd just be interested to watch and see what happens. Do you have any? I mean, it's it's probably a really stupid question, but um, I guess you'd want 
whoever is picked in that British team, you know, one, two, three would be incredible. But um, <laughs> what do you reckon? What? How? How do you think it might pan out? It's really is really hard because you've got uh, say the probably this you've got someone like um, you know Vicky Holland if she goes um, such a strong runner but might not make the front pack so you're always going to have her coming from pined running. Um, I mean, Vicky has been the front pack, but then Jess and Forrest are doing really well. Then the front pack will go. There's there's so many different scenarios. It's not kind of as cut and dried as it has been been sometimes. You know going into a game so. There's so many different things that could happen. And we've got such a strong team. I'm thinking at least one of them will be on the podium. <laughs> We'd hope so. We, we want to hope so, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a role with British Triathlon as an athlete representative? Yeah, so I'm on the board as the athlete representative. So, um, which is really interesting because I think as an athlete, you just get on with training and racing and you don't really think about British triathlon as a whole so I found it really interesting to you know hear about all the other side um I think the age group side the development the you know just how it all how the it functions and how much goes into you know just running a sport so it's really I found it really interesting and what kind of stuff actually what what sort of stuff do you do um well the athlete rep we have uh, now we have different athlete reps in the center we'll have one leads one in Loughborough and then kind of meet occasionally usually over um you know Skype because you know people are busy in training and just kind of uh, yeah put forward things and one of the biggest things is you know for the domestic athletes not so much the ones who are racing on the world series but the ones who do European cups and have the British super series and having that kind of you know a backup and running for you know, athletes to earn some money in the UK because at the moment there's not a huge amount of chance to earn money in the UK. But then obviously it's expensive to run races and provide prize money. So we're just trying to kind of work with British Triathlon to find something that works, you know, that that is going to be sustainable for the future. And so athletes can race in the UK and don't have to go off, you know, to all of the countries. And would you, would you have loved that more of you could have had that? Um, it's really different because I think when you've got you look at a, you know you're looking at the plan for the year and you, if you're planning on if you're doing the World Series it doesn't leave much space for anything else you've got to fit in especially for athletes who are also race for French Grand Prix teams so it is definitely more aimed at the, the you know the, the development athletes coming through the juniors the, the guys that race on the European circuit that it, it's definitely more they're the athletes that do the super series than the but I think yeah I mean just having a world series in the UK is great it's always fun to race at home definitely definitely a lot better and the more races we could have but it's it's having sustainable races I think moving forward that's you don't just want someone to dump a load of money into the race and have a one-off race it would be great to have races that last year after year and that make money and provide a good service to all athletes you know through to kids who are racing it you know you need age groupers to have a good experience as well so that's the I think that's what's important is there a race that you would have maybe a bucket list race um that you would either like to do and love to win or one that you would have liked to have won in the past I'd like to do escape from escape um, from Alcatraz. I think that would be a really good fun race to do. I've, I think I've just always seen you know everyone like jumping off the boat at the start. I'm like, wow, that looks amazing. And I've never been to San Francisco, so that would be good. 
Yeah. I have to put that on my list. Yeah, pop it on there. Yeah, definitely. Would, would yeah. something like Norseman appeal, Helen? I, I, I was thinking probably with the cold, probably not. But I mean, that same idea of jumping cold, off. Probably not. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That might be a bit cold for me. Mind you, San Francisco is not warm, is it? The yeah. the um, and a bit sharky. <laughs> um, but no, I think yeah, that's definitely one. Um, I don't know. Would Kona appeal to you at all? And, and and going up to the full Ironman distance? Oh, I don't know. I don't think you know until you start doing it. It's a long way on the bike, isn't it, from what we're saying about bikes earlier, 180k. <laughs> That's a really long way. Um, yes, I, I think, you know, when you watch it every year, I love the Kona hype, you know, that few weeks before. And, like, this year I'm, like, watching all the interviews leading into it, and I really get into it. But I'm, I'm still not sure. I, well, I'm not sure if my body would cope with running a marathon anyway, The with the run that running distance. So that's the biggest question. But for me, I think being from Wales and having 10 be like not far away, that would be that would be more. I would be more inclined to go that way towards doing like trying to do something like in 10 be doing the what the half something the something like a, a like like an Ironman, Helen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know, but I don't. I, I really is. I've just got to get through, you know, a half first, and then I'll think about it. It, it. I mean, there's a chance with everything in life, isn't there? But is there a chance then that you could maybe potentially be on the start list in 2020 September? Oh no, no, I do not think so. I've just got to get, I've got to get through through this first and, and just focus on it. I don't know if I could fit I don't actually know if I could fit in the training at the moment with the kids being young I mean I could but I wouldn't see them so I think it's Priorities. kind of got to balance that too yeah but one day maybe yeah maybe it's a big maybe again more dependent on my body and the running than, uh, than anything else my desire to sit on a bike for that long <laughs> Role models, Helen. Do you have a do you have a role model within triathlon, or outside of triathlon? Triathlon, triathlon, new sport. Not, not really. Um, I mean, there's. I think within triathlon, there's always been people I've looked up to. I think, I think when I was say when I was first starting, like um, Sheila Tormina was was um, like one of the best athletes, and I always kind of really respected respected her. And I think, but you know, I respect so many of my competitors because they they you know everyone's so tough and works so hard there's always a lot of people I think one of the biggest things was I think Jessica Ennis leading into the like London Olympics how she coped with all of that kind of because she was like the poster girl of games and she how she coped with all that pressure and just delivered under you know delivered the absolute best did you know did PBs like under that I thought that was like really incredible um but generally there's just you know I'm just trying to get through each day and train it's not something i think about kind of every day yeah yeah i was reading before helen that you actually did your first triathlon like on an industrial estate is that right <laughs> yeah well i was in a swimming club and one of the girls i swam with her dad was involved in welsh triathlon development and he thought a few of us are probably quite good at triathlon so they'd had a trip away plans they didn't have enough development or development athletes they thought were good enough so he took a few, he knew he could swim. He took a few of us down the industrial estate and we kind of cycled around a couple of times, did a run off. And then the fastest ones got taken on a sort of like Welsh triathlon trip. So that was how it all started. And he was then became my first coach. So 
um, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit strange. It was a bit of a strange. I did a few sort of prior try things when I was when I was really young, but um, I really didn't enjoy it that much. So it was only when I came into it a little bit later, at sort of fifteen, sixteen, that I kind of actually really started enjoying it. And was that just because at the time when you were really, really young, you just loved swimming so much? I think I just loved swimming, and yeah, it just didn't appeal. I don't know why. Maybe I just didn't enjoy the the event. I counted the lengths wrong in one of them, so I didn't like that. I did too many lengths, so that, was, <laughs> that put me off a little bit. Um, yeah, which is, you know, it's a bit later than a lot of kids get into it now. I think we have so much going on young now. Kids kids do a lot of triathlon at a very young age. So, yeah, I really didn't, until I was sort of that 15, 16, didn't really get into it. That's really, it's really, really interesting. Helen, I have a couple more questions for you. What's your guilty pleasure on the turbo? You probably have let it go going through your head all the time from uh, Frozen. <laughs> yes. But aside from that, do you have a guilty pleasure on the turbo? I watched all of Gavin and Stacey again recently because they're special, didn't they? So I was like, well, I want to re-watch the first ones. So lately it's been that. Honestly, I really don't mind watching Frozen. It's a pretty good film. <laughs> We've watched it so much lately. I'm actually quite into it. <laughs> and the soundtrack, you don't mind it either? It's okay. It could be worse. I always think that. It could be worse. I don't know why. If you haven't got children, you've never seen, probably never seen Paw Patrol, but that's a lot worse than Frozen. <laughs> what three things? If you could only relive three races or maybe box them up and sort of stick them on a shelf which three would they be there would be the last world series i won so that was the coast in 2016 and that was that was amazing to me because i i until i stood on the podium at the end like they gave me the medal and stuff i was like I didn't actually, you know, I realised at that point, I didn't think I'd do that again. I never thought I'd actually be up on that podium again. When I stood there, I was like, I can't believe I actually did this. So that race actually meant a huge amount because it was, you know, after quite a long sort of time away from the top of the podium. So that meant a huge amount to me. Um, I think one of the other ones, although it's hard to sort of relive, would be London Olympics because it's hard to relive because I never achieved what I wanted to achieve. But the sense of you know support um, from the crowd and that kind of support is something I'll never experience again. And the third one, um, I think it would probably be where I qualified for the Olympics for London in 2012, in 2011. So I won the World Series in London. So it was my first win, and it was like lovely because all my family were in the VIP stand stuff at the end. So they were like really close to the finish and they don't always get to be that close to the finish. And although I didn't see them at the end, when you rewatch the footage, you can like see them all at the side. So I think that for me was, I think just because family were there and everything. And it was my first sort of world series win. They're probably mm. my, my three best or well, the two were in London. So that's quite nice. <laughs> and uh, Helen, you said there about, you never achieved what you'd hoped to achieve at London. How did you get over that? I'm not the kind of person to focus really on the negative. So I think afterwards I could have been like, you know, just focus on what I didn't do. And I didn't, you know, I didn't win a gold. And, you know, that I think an expectation comes into things a lot then that was, you know, I was expected to. And, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at it. But I just, 
I just didn't just don't focus on it. It's not um, focus on what I did do, which was get out a fifth, you know, a fifth when I hadn't done that running. Um, and then yeah, it was it was just about sort of focusing on the positives of what what did go well and and then looking forward as well what what was next and it I didn't race the whole year afterwards because so that's the kind of effect there as well it did take a year to sort out what my problems were and it was it wasn't it wasn't easy to do that but it was I always knew I wanted to come back so it was kind of almost like moving on to the the next thing and it did change me I think it did change that you know especially leading into Rio it's really you know the olympics is massively important um to an athlete what, what you're aiming for what you put so much time and effort into but i also knew that if i didn't qualify for rio or if i got there and, and didn't perform it wouldn't break me it wouldn't break me mentally it wasn't you need to have that perspective and balance and i think that's what i learned after london you can't put you can put everything into into triathlon but if things do go wrong then you have to deal with the consequences so I was definitely had a lot more balance after London moving forward and made sure that I, ke- I keep that now well it's, it's easy with kids it's really easy to to switch off and you know not have that focus on triathlon um because you've got you've got to deal with what they're they're doing but even before kids I was just better at having that balance and you have to do things which make you happy that aren't just triathlon and aren't just swim bike and run and have people and friends and interests outside of it so I think that's that's what I definitely learned after it and I've spent a lot more time working on that over the last few years thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at inside try show Oh my God, such wise words. And I love that advice from Helen about balance and perspective. But it does take time, doesn't it? And it's really strange as you go through life, I guess, in like your 20s, it feels like it's work, 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 work. And then, I don't know, for me, then I discovered this thing called triathlon and I was really focused on it for a couple of years. And then it's about, yeah, finding that balance between work and triathlon and family and and everything else. Um, But yeah it doesn't just happen overnight but I reckon if you could pop Helen a good luck message or give her a follow on Twitter and Instagram then I'm pretty sure she would appreciate it and if you have enjoyed the interview in this episode then please do go and leave a review in Apple iTunes it really makes the world a difference for when people are trying to find or search for triathlon podcasts it would be really helpful if you want to know more about me then head over to helenmurray.net all of the show notes are going to be there and you can also find the show notes at insidetryshow.com if you want to become a patreon and support me and what i'm doing then head to patreon.com forward slash inside show this week's show has been powered by 33 fuel powerful tasty and natural sports nutrition check out their bundles and use the code inside try 33 to get a discount at checkout and support me too you can also get 20 percent off with the code inside try with our friends over at comfuel.co.uk like a pick a mix of sports nutrition delivered through your letterbox but until next week keep it fun and we'll speak then Podcast Network.